everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. This is episode number 61. My name is Gabe Estel, here with my co-host, Jonathan Getz. How's it going? Great. All right. And Levi couldn't be with us tonight. Uh, we send a shout out to him. Safe travels as he's making his way back to Colorado. All right. We've got episode number 61 tonight. Really stoked to have this interview with Bob Balch of Fu Manchu. Okay. Lead guitarist. Uh, Lead guitarist for Fu Manchu. Uh, Fu Manchu, great California rock band that's been around for quite a while now. Um, and to give you a little bit of a Fu Manchu overview, Fu Manchu, most people put them in the genre of stoner rock or stoner metal. Now, obviously, there's a pretty obvious connotation to what, what that could imply. Um, but as far as the sound goes... Um, I guess the best way to put it really would be to it combines uh, heavy metal with, uh, but it's a little more slowed down and a little more psychedelic, yeah, is how I yeah. would describe it. Um, you know, as uh, you know, you don't you don't hear a lot of psychedelic sounds in Slayer necessarily, um, but you would in a lot of these stoner metal or stoner rock bands. Okay, um, to me, I tell people you know if they if they really want to see hear the roots of the genre. You know, this is one of those instances where one album really represents the roots of a genre more than, you know, any other, I think. Well, I mean, there were anybody who's more of an aficionado of, of the genre than I am, you know, would, would probably give me some examples of, um, of uh, you know, just maybe albums that predate this one. But to me, Master of Reality black sabbath 1971 masterpiece and i don't use that word i i use that word in all seriousness because it is <laughs> um that album really kind of is is the roots of the genre really um some other bands i think that probably early bands that that had an influence on that sound i'd say blue cheer probably would would, would have some influence on that sound too but definitely Sabbath's Master of Reality, um, just a, a really groundbreaking album, and uh, influenced so many great bands. Fu Manchu being one of them. Uh, other bands in the genre, um, you've got Caius, you've got um, Monster Magnet. Monster Magnet. You could even say like early Queens of the Stone Age. Mm -hmm. um, uh, gosh, who, who else? Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of smaller bands that have the uh, Sleep, maybe uh, the Heads. Well. Heads, yeah, yeah. The heads. Um, ah, gosh, you know, maybe uh, um, sleep might be a stretch. Some people, maybe that's more doom. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of great bands out there right now as well. Some younger bands too that are in the genre. But uh, Fu Manchu is one of the veterans, um, and we're really excited to have Bob on the show tonight. Uh, a quick note for our subscribers out there: our XLM feed will soon change. If you subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, then your subscription feed should update automatically. However, if you subscribe through an app like Downcast or Pocket Cast, then you may need to update your, uh, our feed to the new address, which is media.rockchew.com slash rockchew.xml. I know that's a mouthful. We'll certainly post it on the website as well as all of our social media outlets, too. Um, Again, that's media.rockchew.com slash rockchew.xml. 
If you have any trouble, don't hesitate to contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or email tbolin at rockchew.com. That's T-B-O-L-I-N at rockchew.com. So we're really excited to share this interview with Bob uh, Bob Balch from Fu Manchu. This interview is a lot of fun, not just because of the content, but also because of the context. Uh, in this interview, Bob is actually feeding his 18-month-old, who is rocking some classic kids' tunes in the background. <laughs> so this provides a great contrast to Bob's references to Iron Maiden and custom distortion pedals. Jonathan conducted this interview with Bob, so I'll go ahead and hand it over to him. Here's his interview with Bob Balch of Fu Manchu. Bob Balch has been the lead guitarist for Fu Manchu since 1996 and is founding member of Sun and Sail Club. In 2009, Bob started PlaythisRiff.com, a guitar, bass, and drum lesson website that features sessions with Scott Ian, Tracy Guns, Jay Maskus, Mike Watt, and many, many more. Bob himself has also tra- offers transcriptions of his entire Fu Manchu repertoire. You can even sign up for live one-on-one guitar lessons with Bob via Skype. Bob, welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. Well, hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Doing great. Hey, do you do you remember your first guitar lesson as a kid? Uh, yeah, totally. I, I took lessons from the same guy who taught Fu Manchu's bass player, and um, we like me and the bass player didn't know each other at the time, but we both took lessons from him. He's like the, the the local dude around town, and he was a huge like Charles Bukowski fan and a pretty heavy drinker. So you can imagine like you know young thirteen year old me and our bass player like the kind of stuff that he would talk about and he was a really good teacher but he was pretty out there you know uh how old were you uh yeah i was like 13 or 12 or something when i first started um is that this place in orange county that that, i ended up working at uh eventually the the drummer of the foo fighters worked there and then he split to go tour with alinus morissette and then later on became a member of the foo fighters so i took his job after teaching there for after taking lessons there for like four years, uh, and then from there, the the bass player Fu Manchu started working there before me, and that's how I met him, and that's how I got into Fu Manchu and stuff. So it all kind of started with the taking lessons at that one guitar shop in town, you know. And so when you go in there, what are you asking to learn? What are you hoping to learn? Uh, I, he was a, it, the same way I teach people on Skype for the most part. Like I just went in for starters. I was like, hey, I want to learn this like Black Sabbath riff or you know this Deep Purple riff. And then it would get to the point where I'm like, I want to learn how to solo and I want to learn, you know, how to improvise. And he was good. He's good at all that stuff. And then it, it I kind of like went through his whole list of things that he, there's my sick kid, that he taught. Um, and then it, it got to a point where I was like, I'll just do ragtime because he's good at that. And I started doing like weird ragtime shit with him and, and then, and then went to another teacher to learn jazz stuff and. Oddly enough, our bass player from Fumichi went to the same guy also. So we kind of like went from one dude to the next. And uh, then, then once we met each other, we were like, oh, you took lessons from Randy and Mark? That's weird. And then, you know, the rest is kind of Fumichi history, I guess. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of rock and jazz uh, early Yeah, on I just got you. like, uh, I, I, there was a, a couple of dudes in like, you know, junior high and high school that were like the metal rock guys. There was like three dudes, right? And the bass player from Manchu was a senior when I was a freshman. And he was like one of the main like guitar dudes. Like everyone in school's like, holy shit, have you seen Brad play? He's so good. And I never really saw him play. But there was like two other guys in my class that were like the shredders. And it got so competitive to see who could play the fastest. I just took a t- complete other turn. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna learn ragtime because this it's it's ridiculous how like these guys are just like <laughs> you know, that's sort of like <laughs> typing. So I was like, fuck it, I'll do something totally different. And then uh, yeah. That's that, pretty much. 
And uh, before that, do, do you remember uh, like the first record you bought? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Scorpions' "Love at First Sting." Actually, nice. I think what was that like 1984 or something? But yeah, I had an older brother, and he had a pretty extensive like heavy metal tape collection and stuff. And he actually, I took over his first his guitar because he was like kind of like the older brother who was like the bad dude, like into like smoking weed and shit. And he got like shipped <laughs> off to to military school because they couldn't you know contain his metalness. Is like you know he's on Iron Maiden and shit and smoking weed. So I was like, well, I'll take over his guitar and. <clears throat> And it, all of his metal tapes. And I was only like nine or ten when he got shipped off, and then and yeah, just absorbed all that stuff really quickly. And I still have his guitar too. Like I'm looking at it right now. It's just an old shitty nylon string, but you know, Wait, I carved what? I carved ACDC in it. Like it's mine now, you know. <laughs> it's in the fretboard. It says ACDC, and it's like I remember going to my first lesson. He's like, "That's not an A note, and that's not a C note, and that's not D." I'm like, "No, dude, it's ACDC." <laughs> that's what I'm at. That's what I'm doing. So you you've got some pretty uh, uh, some pretty cool videos online of your your pedal setup. Uh, mm-hmm. Who uh, who influenced you early on in in your guitar tone and technique? Well, when when I joined Fu Manchu, there was already kind of a template that had been formed with those guys, and I I, I joined as a fan, so I didn't want to change anything, you know. Um, so I was just looking to see what Eddie was using, pretty much. The old guitar player, I was like, I want to know what, what amp and pedal he used. And, um, yeah, I mean, I from there, I just kind of started messing with different fuzz pedals and things. And our, our bass player builds fuzz pedals for a living. So that's a really cool thing to have. A yeah. member of your band that can show up every day with, like, an old, like, here's a replica of, like, an old, you know, 60s pedal or, like, a Zonk machine. Some weird fuzz that's like you can't really get a hold of anymore yeah so so by doing that with him his company's called creepy fingers i i i just handpick all the stuff i like that he does so i've got a big collection of things he's done and and just started experimenting with uh using two fuzz pedals at once and like choking one of them there's like he does this thing where you put a bias control on the top which kind of just chokes the signal starves it and then i like overblow a fuzz like after that one so it's like one fuzz is just way over the top the other one's kind of choking the one that's over the top so like that that kind of guitar tone took me years to to mess around with all that stuff to find that but we used that on gigantoid the last minute record and uh i used it on one of the rhythm guitars on the last seven sale club record too so but yeah it's all just experimentation just going through and trying as much things as you can many combinations as you can lately I'm extremely stoked on, on what I'm using. So, took me, God, it's like joining '96, so it's you know, taking a long time to mess yeah, around. Right. I, I think it's always going to be uh, a journey. You know what I mean? It's always going to be. I, I love what, what I'll still experiment. There might be something better. <laughs> My kid's tripping out. He's like, Who the hell are you talking to? Man? <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, th- no, that's fascinating then. <laughs> so, when you joined in '96, uh, you were you were pretty cognizant of the fact of, of sticking to the template. Yo, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I I was a fan, and and you know, I didn't want to. I was kind of just just going like, all right, I'll just fill Eddie's shoes. Like, I'll just kind of do what he was doing, you know. And as the albums went on further and further, I started to like interject my own thing too, you know. Like, action is go. I joined and that was pretty much like almost fully written, you know? Right. So I just came in and recorded it with those guys and did my leads and everything. But, um, but what's really helped me over the years is doing Skype lessons because I get dudes who contact me and they go, yeah, I love Fu Manchu. 
but I also dig like, you know, Cactus or Zeppelin or Sabbath and I want to learn all these solos. So I, in a sense, get paid to sit around and figure <laughs> out all those solos and then just cherry pick shit from all those dudes too, you know? Right. And it's great to be able to play like eight or nine hours a day <clears throat> and just walk away from a day of teaching and going, oh, cool, I got this rad like Jimmy McCarty lick that I can bust out now and... Yeah, you know, that's helped out a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. When the research pays off uh, in more than one way, it makes it uh, makes it a pretty efficient line of uh, line of research. Yeah, yeah. And like when I was in high school, I was doing like trying to learn like Maiden solos and shit. And I'm like, I got this rock thing wired, man. I'm gonna go over to like jazz now. And then once I started teaching more rock stuff, I was like, no, there's there's a lot of things to be done, you know, with that kind of thing. So yeah, it's pretty, and it's cool because we we uh, we released. You know, some of that stuff and toured on. We did like actions go from start to finish on a tour, King of the Road. And those records are, I think, like 20 years old now or something. Mm -hmm. So the amount of like stuff I've accumulated since it came out, like I'm the songs are played the same, but it's like it's a different approach. I look at it like a little bit older, a little bit wiser kind of thing, you know. Right. And so, yeah, I saw you on the um, the Action as Goes anniversary tour where you were doing that in its entirety. Uh-huh. Uh, do you approach that sort of tour differently than a traditional tour where you're pulling songs from the entire catalog? Yeah, I mean, we we would do two sets, so we would do like six, like you know, main tunes that we always have in our set that people would be pissed if we didn't play, and then we would come back out and do the full record, you know. Right. But we're we're going to Europe um, in October to do King of the Road because we were supposed to do last year, but we we had to cancel because we had to, one of us had a really sick family member, so. But yeah, it'll be the same thing. We'll go over to Europe and just do, you know, six of the like, classic tunes, and then come back out and do all of King of the Road, which and, is really fun. And so, a p- part of what you did for Play This Riff was put your entire, um, uh, the entire Fu Manchu, rep- your, um, all, you transcribed all of your Fu Manchu songs. Well, yeah, I did. Right? I did videos for everything. Um, some of the stuff I don't really own the rights to. Oddly enough, I had to like it took me a year to get the rights to put that stuff up. Um, but yeah, I started it just to be like, oh, I bet I was gonna, originally just going to sell the videos on like iTunes or something and be like, here's here's a lesson. And I figured, well, then people can share them and stuff. So I purchased the site and has like a built-in firewall. And so I, I know that, you know, members can go on there and they, they can only see yeah. what I want them to see. So I started doing the Fumi and Shu thing and then I was like, well, I should get some other bands on there to help promote it. And the first band I reached out to was Exodus and... And the guy was like, yeah, I'll totally do it. And, you know, their tour manager is a big Fu Manchu fan. He's like, seriously, I love you guys. Do whatever you want to so come down and interview the guy. And then from there, I was like, well, shit, if it works for Exodus, it'd probably work for a bunch of other bands, too. You know, oh, yeah. and now, there, now there's like 70 bands on the site. And Exodus's tour manager became our tour manager and, and took us around the country and drove us to safety through like crazy snowstorms in Laramie, Wyoming and shit like that. Wow. But yeah, it's cool, man. And doing the play this thing, like I've been able to reach out to some of my idols, you know, dudes that I usually wouldn't bother, and be like, hey, you know, would you mind being part of the site? There are a lot of people on the site want to hear you play, and got to go to like Greg Heston's house from the Circle Jerks and and watch him just do Circle Jerk stuff in front of me. I'm like, this is crazy, Dinosaur Junior. You know, like you said. And, it's been rad, man. It's been been a lot of fun. Yeah, the the Mike Watt, Tracy Guns. I mean, what's it like to be sitting there with these guys, instruments in hand, and it's trippy, they might be yeah. telling stories, they might be playing riffs. Fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's trippy, and I I I'm thankful every time I do it. I'm just like, well, especially if it's someone I've been listening to for a long time, and they're playing riffs that I'm like, it just makes me smile. I'm like, oh, dude, this dude just like playing this for me. 
You know, like I, I did a lesson with Wino from The Obsessed, and it, he was playing at the Casbah, and he's like, you know, I got a hotel down the street. Let's just shoot down there. It's like Wino's playing his acoustic for me in a hotel, just me and him. <laughs> I'm like, there's no other like way in the world that this would happen if it wasn't for this website. You know what I mean? It would be, it would be extremely awkward. <laughs> but uh, it's a great excuse. Yeah, that was. But the, the Circle Jerk stuff, I was like tripping out and going to his house and just watching him play that. And he's asking me like. Is it this or is it this? And I'm like, dude, right. you know, like, don't ask me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I imagine, though, you might get that sometimes, though, with guys wanting to learn Fu Manchu riffs. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do that. You know, part of my day is just teaching that stuff. But yeah, I like Chuck Dukowski from Black Flag going to his house. I spent like six hours at his house, like after the interview was done, just bullshitting with the guy. And, you know, and still, you know, kind of keep in contact with him. And uh, it's, it's forged a lot of like cool. Oh, Scott Reader from from Caius. Mm-hmm. I mean, that relationship started from play this riff and then I ended up recording at his house and being like, Hey, you want to play bass on this record? And then playing shows with him, which has been unreal. So yeah, it's, it's with open. The Sun a lot of Club. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's opened a lot of doors. Uh, you know, otherwise it, yeah. cause he didn't even know me, you know, I mean, he probably, he knows who Fu Manchu is, but it'd be weird for me to just like a stranger be like, Hey man, you want to record on this record? But yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, anymore, it's, it's great to have an excuse and, yeah, yeah, that's been rad. So, and that—that's always something I, you know, we talk about, you know, going back and doing more stuff and everything when, when everyone in, the, in that band's not busy because everyone's kind of doing separate stuff at the moment. But sure. Now you've also um, you've designed a signature guitar for Reverend. Uh, what was yeah. that process like? Well, I mean, they're they're the guitar builders. I, I'm you know merely just a dude saying like this is what i want it to sound like and this oh, sure. is kind of yeah this is kind of what i want it to look like if i had to build a guitar it would look like a it would look like a shoe it would just it wouldn't even play it would be terrible <laughs> so those guys know their shit but yeah they i've been endorsed by reverend or i've been endorsing reverend for uh uh god like since 2010 maybe you know six years and they've given me a bunch of guitars since then and then we played at the orion fest with metallica in detroit and we're all sitting backstage and i was getting those guys kind of buzzed you know and then they're like well, we should do like a bulge signature and i'm like you guys are drunk there's no way <laughs> and then they then they emailed me they're like what do you think about doing it like this what do you, which colors would you want to do and um they had one guitar called a, a daredevil which like I don't know if you're a guitar player or not, but like if certain notes on there, if you hit them, it'll sustain and bloom. And it's like the only guitar I have that'll be like, Twah! like it totally just starts freaking out. And I'm like, I want that. Like whatever that Daredevil does, I want that to happen in my signature. So they figured with like more resonant, you know, to make it sustain more, they carved out like a little chunk underneath the pick guard. So it's not a semi hollow body, but it, there's a big hollow Interesting. section. Yeah. There's a chamber in there. Yeah. So if you take the pick guard off, you just see this big compartment and it kind of, if you hit a note and you're not even plugged into the an amp or anything, you kind of feel the guitar, you know. So wow. it's, it's cool. And like our singer had the same kind of thing going on. The guitar player from the Adolescents had the same thing going on when I interviewed him, where they had just an empty cavity where a pickup should be, and you know just yanked it out and go, "I never use the neck pickup. I'll just have this empty thing." Mm-hmm. And those two guitars, like I, I'd hear them, you know, especially the Adolescents guy when I interviewed him. I was editing those videos and I'm like. This doesn't sound like any Gibson I've heard before. It's just a Gibson through like a Marshall 800, but it sounded like harmonically like really rich. And I was just like, I don't know. It's probably it's got to be that empty cavity, you know. Yeah. So they did they did that for me. And uh, then the pickups, the the rail hammer pickups that they put in. There's like signature pickups in there. I just said I wanted a spike in the mid range because a lot of the fuzz pedals that I use are already really bass heavy and you know kind of gnarly. So. 
and they did that. But yeah, other than that, I, I was just like kind of a yes or no guy. Like I like that color. I like sure. that shape. Yeah. Sure. No, that's great. That's awesome when you can kind of do the pre EQ just from the guitar, and then when it's paired with the distortion, it all comes out just how you want it. Yeah, yeah. And I could, you know, I've A B'd guitars, pedals all day long, sitting here, you know, getting ready for records, and it's this combination that I've got right now is like by far my favorite, and I, it's due to that signature guitar and those pickups. Right on. So. Um, I've also I read you're a fan of of craft work and and even seventy soft rock. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anything else in the record collection that might uh, catch us a bit off guard? Yeah, I mean my record collection is enormous. It's like there, there's anything in there except like I don't I don't listen to modern country. You know? uh, but other than that, like there's all kinds of shit in there. Anything you can imagine. But um, yeah, the craft work is a big influence on that first Sun and Sail Club record. Um, yeah. where I thought it'd be cool to have like. Craft work meets like torch or something like a real sure. heavy. Oh, eh, I'm getting an amp built right now, and the guy just texted me a picture of it. It looks nice. beautiful. <laughs> Hover, Hovercraft amps. I got to plug them. Uh, Hovercraft. Just Hovercraft. Yeah, he he does really good stuff and uh, real heavy sounding amps. Really gnarly. So he just texted me that, and I'm excited. Right on. Uh, so yeah, the, on the um, on that first sun and sail using the vocoder and craft work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a big thing, and like the vocoder was really just me going. All right, I you know I was asking people to sing on it, and I, I couldn't really expect people to just um, make up like all the the whole record, all the lyrics, everything. So I was like, all right, I'll just make up all, as many lyrics as I can, and do it in the vocoder to be like, because I can't sing for shit, you know, to be like, here's what I'm thinking, and then. Um, we were doing that in Reader Studio, and he was like, "You know, this is pretty unique. I've never heard anything like this." And I'm like, "Yeah, I love it," but I thought I was just being totally weird. And he's like, "He's like, you know, I, I mean, it's probably a lot of people won't really get it, but I think it's badass. I think you should just keep it." And I'm like, "All right, cool, sure." So I'm, I'm a huge fan of like Devo and stuff. Whenever bands are kind of like fucking with people, I think it's funny. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Devo's gnarly like that. So yeah, absolutely. I've I've been on a huge craft work kick of late, and it's it's awesome to just like zone, get in the zone, and and, and work, and and uh, oh, it, it's great stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're and they're like still doing really good. I think they're coming to LA and like selling out like huge like what? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah wants, hoping to hoping to go. Uh, yeah, check out craft work. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. So, uh, uh, you have any uh, childhood baseball memories? <laughs> I mean, I played baseball a little bit, but I, um, I have a recent memory that's pretty funny. Where I, you know, I used to collect baseball cards in the eighties. I still have all that shit. Oh, us late too. 70s, yeah, late seventies, eighties, um, and you know, I haven't really. I just kept them in a box. I haven't really paid attention to what's going on. And I, I found this website that like it'll just tell you how much your cards are worth. And I was like, oh, I should see how much some of the. And I'd go through and be like, oh. I, I remember Pete Rose. I don't know how much that's worth. And I started going through it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like in in like a half an hour, I was up to like one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of baseball cards. I'm like, "Fucking a!" And I'm <laughs> calling my wife, and I'm like, "You know, our problems are solved, honey. I'm going to pay off the rest of this house. You know, we're, don't tell anyone because I don't want people breaking into my house." But th- this is fucking it. And she's like, "Really? Calm down, dude." And I went back and did it, and then I checked another site. And I checked eBay, and the the site I was on was totally fake. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> like, no. And, like, I checked, like, uh, one of the cards, it was, like, you know, three grand. I had, like, four of them. And I go on eBay, and some dude's selling it for, like, you know, $2. And there's, like, no one oh. watching. <laughs> so for, like, an hour and a half, my heart was beating out of my chest. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be so fucking rich. This is awesome. <laughs> and then, then it was like, wah, wah. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, that, that, that's that's my latest baseball memory. Yeah, those uh, those cards, the, the value peaked probably about 1991. Unfortunately, oh really? Yeah, and it was all <laughs> it was all downhill after that. After the market just got saturated. Yeah, I mean, I I always like every once in a while I'll pull them out and, and go like, I wonder what these are worth, man. But I don't know. I'll just leave them in the box and yeah, right. Want- Right. No. Now the upside to that is that if there were any cards that you always coveted from that time that you never had, you can go onto eBay and now get for six or seven dollars. <laughs> 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 yeah. Other than that, though, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I can't really say I'm a huge fan, a sports fan. I, I surf and play the guitar, and that's about it. You know what I mean? Did you but, go to uh, any games as a kid? Yeah. I mean, my dad had like season tickets to the Angels and shit. You know, so we would go to those. It's pretty funny. He used to have like. These binoculars that he would fill up with like Cuddy Sark scotch. <laughs> I remember being a little kid and being like, "Well, that's that's a lot of scotch." But you know, <laughs> not to throw him under the bus. But it's, I'm like, now that I'm older, I'm like, "Fuck, I wish I had those binoculars. That was pretty badass." To like, you know, for concerts and shit. It's awesome. That's brilliant. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the Angels had some pretty good teams there in the '80s. Yeah, uh, yeah. From what I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and even made it into the Naked Gun. Uh, uh, yeah, Reggie Jackson, I must kill the queen. Yeah, I must uh, kill late eighties. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I did like a Naked Gun marathon like last year. I just watched all of them in a row, like on the couch. That was pretty good. That oh, dude, a- yeah, yeah, it's that's priceless stuff. It's- yeah. My dad actually got to party with Leslie Nielsen once at an airport. They got like their flight got delayed, and they just sat. My dad like totally looked like Leslie Nielsen too, so it's funny to in an him. airport, no less. Yeah, and he oh. said Leslie Nielsen just fucking like raged and fell off his bar stool and shit. And I was like, wow, you know, and he's like way shorter than than you would think he is sure. or yeah. was. But yeah, yeah, I was like, that's amazing, you know, because growing up, like airplane is fucking huge to me and. Still it is. So oh yeah, cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So if you um, uh, if 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 you were to go to bat for the Angels, they they called you up from the minors, and you you have one at bat. Uh, what what's your walk up song? <laughs> yeah, I saw you send that. I, w- I wish I could put more thought into. It. Um, fuck, that's a good one. <laughs> you know what I've been doing lately? It, 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 when we were on tour in Europe. Um, we do this song called Saturn Three. It's on the Action mm-hmm. Go, and the guitar tech and myself, like, we were obsessed with the movie Top Gun because it was like one of the only movies on the bus, and like just how shitty it is and how cheesy it is, you know. So I would throw that Top Gun that lick in Saturn Three for a second. I just look over at him and they would like crack us both up. And then at the end of our set, we had the sound guy play the theme, like the song that's playing when when Goose dies. It was like <laughs> like four thousand stoner rockers and like a you know festival in Switzerland are forced to listen to the soundtrack to Top Gun for like five minutes. So maybe that I don't know that'd be kind of funny. Come out to the, the Top Gun. <laughs> oh, that song. would be classic. That that yeah. would be great. I don't I don't know of anybody who does that. Yeah, um, uh, that'd be ballsy too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it though. After you know, I wouldn't participate in anything after what happened to Gary Del Abate, If you know who he is, but oh right, yeah, yeah. His pitch was pretty brutal. So I would I. Might I just sit on the bench and take a dip. Yeah. <laughs> I don't dip, but I'll just, I'll just sit here and dip tobacco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't can't embarrass yourself. <laughs> I'd rather not know what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so yeah, this is uh, no, this is great, and uh, I, I recommend a lot of people check out uh, amongst you know other than uh, Fu Manchu Sun and Sail Club uh, that they check out. Playthisriff.com. You also have a YouTube channel with you have a bunch of 
uh, uh, free videos up there on YouTube, you get an idea of uh, some uh, some of the stuff that that you can find on PlayThisRiff.com. Um, how, how else do you recommend people get a hold of you? Um, you know, through Facebook is fine, or uh, just PlayThisRiff at gmail.com. That's like the the website uh, address. Um, I don't know when this is going to go live, but I should probably mention we we've been doing this this pickup giveaway where uh, two subscribers win pickups like every two months. So this one is actually going to th- – this campaign ends August 1st, and I'll, I'll you know randomly draw two people. But we're going to be doing that over and over. So every okay. – you know, when people when people subscribe, then you might be winning a signature you know, Railhammer pickup, which would be kind of rad. Right yeah. on. Yeah, you can't beat that. Hey, our thanks to Bob Bulch of Fu Manchu and Sun and Sail Club. Be sure to check out Bob's guitar lesson website at playthisriff.com where subscribers can win those signature Railhammer pickups. In addition to Facebook, you can also find Bob on Twitter, at PlayThisRiff. Search PlayThisRiff on YouTube to find a bunch of great videos uh, that are just a taste of what you can get at that site, PlayThisRiff.com. Thanks again to Bob. Uh, Please check us out. Uh, Also, you can check out Bob's music, too, on FuManchu.com as well. Um, Also, Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rock Chew. Okay. No, at Rock in Chew. At Rock in Chew. Rock in Chew. In as in um, Nebula. Uh, yeah, Nebula. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Um, so yeah, check us out at Rock in Chew. And then also you can find out everything you need to know about rock and roll Shinsu Chew at Rock Chew. That's no in. Rockchew.com. All right. So check us out there, please. Uh, Also, you can like us on Facebook, too. Tell all your friends. Also, go to iTunes and subscribe to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. Okay. Or YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube. Or YouTube. YouTube Or you subscribe subscribe to YouTube, too. Just subscribe. That way, when a new episode comes out, you'll have it right there. And uh, you can enjoy it with all of your friends and family. Well, most of your family. Anyway. (laughs) So, um,. Until next time, we'll see everybody later. Have a good one. Peace.